welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendyka. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He's here. We're ready to go. Episode 90, The Road to 100, is underway. We appreciate all your support through this entire 90 episodes. We hope that you continue to support the show by obviously buying our merch, subscribing to the show. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the show on YouTube yet, I don't know what you're doing. You better get on the bandwagon right now. But today, we guys, we have a special treat for you, um, a new new segment that we want to add to the show. We're going to be going across the state and even maybe further across the United States even, interviewing hopeful coaches for uh, high school and possibly even college programs. This week, for the first edition of that, we are extremely lucky, extremely blessed to have Coach Brian Barnes, the head coach of Bishop Foley High School. If you are from the Madison Heights, Warren area, uh, Troy area, you probably know where Bishop Foley is located. You've probably been at their field. They have a great facility there. That uh, He is the head football coach of the uh, of Bishop Foley, and we are going to be interviewing him for the first part of this episode. So we appreciate that. So we're going to hop into that interview first, but stay tuned because after that, after the interview, we're going to go to break, and then we'll come to back to part two to Mike's beautiful face and my beautiful face and we're going to be talking some wwe SummerSlam, some wwe nxt takeover and we're going to be previewing the nba playoffs a little bit more because we've kind of know how the playoffs are officially shaped out and we're going to talk about the excitement and some possible matchups to be looking out for so lots of great stuff on this episode i'm extremely excited to be introducing this new segment so without further ado here's our interview with head coach of bishop foley high school's uh varsity football team brian barnes Hey guys, it's the mouth of Michigan, Rob Nadeika here. I am here with head coach of the Bishop Foley Ventures, Brian Barnes. Brian, welcome to the show. I really appreciate you being on. Glad I'm here talking to you, Rob. Thanks a lot. This is awesome. Uh, We just kind of introduced this new segment to the show. We've done a couple interviews in the past here, but we really wanted to start getting back to the local roots and really start talking about the great programs that are going on around the state of Michigan. And uh, a mutual buddy of ours, Mike Winters, big shout out to Mike there, reached out to me and said that you're interested and I am so glad that you are. Uh, you know, I've been, I, I did some a little bit of research into your program. And I must say, man, you haven't been there for very long, but what you've done in just a couple seasons is pretty impressive. Um, you know, it feels like I can tell the Brian effect hit pretty much immediately because I'm looking at the past records for Bishop Foley. And immediately, as soon as you get there, bam, we got winning seasons, back-to-back playoff appearances. Talk to me about, you know, when you got brought into Bishop Foley, what was the what was the goal for you to kind of turn in this program around and, and getting it back to where it should be? For sure. Uh, well, for one, I, I appreciate the kind words. I mean, there was, um, there was a lot that went into it and there was a lot of people, you know, involved. <laughs> and obviously it, um, it starts with having committed kids and, sure. and kids, kids that are buying into kind of like what my vision was and whatnot. And um, they bought in from the start and, and it begins and ends with them. Um, and then ultimately, obviously you, you have the support, from the staff, the administration at the school and whatnot, and then quality assistant coaches that really want to get, um, you know, the best out of the kids that they can. It, it yeah. really is a team effort and, and, and all that good stuff. So uh, I appreciate that. And uh, the biggest thing that I, I talked about when I got there was, um, you know, obviously there's a transition when you take over yeah. somewhere. Um, and, Absolutely. And, and so, and so I didn't know the previous coaching staff really well. Like I knew they were great guys that really cared mm-hmm. about the kids. And, and, and I, and I let those guys know that like, you know, it, it might be, you know, uncomfortable for you um, to, <laughs> yeah. to buy, you know, to buy in because you're, especially yeah. you're a senior, you know, yeah. when you, um, when you're used to being coached a certain way for three years and then there's a change. And so, Absolutely. you know, I, re- 
I respected that and I, and I let them know up front that it'll be different, but you, you know, just, just be patient and give us time and, and we're going to do the right thing here. And so, you know, ultimately um, our first uh, team camp that we had in the summer, uh, the summer that I got hired, we had nine kids show up to camp. Yeah, and um, yeah, we finished last season with close to 50 guys in the program. And so um, that's something, you know, we're, we're obviously really proud of. And, and honestly, like, you know, just playing high school football, one of the things that I stress and, and I go back to is there's just something special about doing it on Friday night. You know, and I, and I talk about how, you know, 20 years from now when you're at a wedding or you're at somebody's birthday party, mm -hmm. inevitably you will be talking about your high school football experience. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's, it's funny, you know, I was uh, with some of my coaches at a, a relative's 40th birthday party a couple of weeks ago and until 2 a.m. we talked about our high school football ex yeah. experience, you know, and you talk about the friendships you make and the relationship you make and, um, you know, talk about grinding in the off season and, and all those memories you make. And so I wanted to stress to the guys, um, you, you know, and then all the kids in the building too, like, Hey, you know, once you get football to try, it's really cool. You know? And I just kept hammering the experience of it. And, um, you know, kids bought in and it worked. Um, yeah. and then, you know, obviously we had some talented football kids that, um, you know, were really good football players and we were able to have some success. And, yeah. you know, now, Come next April, we're hoping to, uh, you know, yeah. we're hoping to, we're hoping to keep building on that. Yeah, we'll we'll hit on the COVID here and the thing in a second, but I do want to talk to you about something you mentioned before, where your first off-season uh, training camp, you guys only nine kids, you've grown mm -hmm. the program now, you got about fifty plus. Talk to me about because you guys are, um, you know, you're in the Catholic league, you actually have to pay to attend Bishop Foley, right? I know, uh, as we talked uh, off air, we talked about how in. Uh, you know, I, I coach uh, the Madison School of Rains, a youth organization. So I know I've had guys from from your staff or from other schools come and talk to our kids about possibly going to high school uh, at your you know, at your high school or at somewhere else. Talk to me about the difficulties that maybe some other public schools don't have to face when it comes to, hey, yeah, please come pay, please come play for me. I'd love to have you, but at the same time, there's also tuition that comes along with going to the school. How how big of a challenge has that been to get kids to kind of join on and say, all right, let's go and let's roll. Yeah. First and foremost, you know, I, um, you know, I actually, I, I went to Clawson high school, so yeah. I grew up and most of my coaching career has been in the public school system. Right. And, um, you know, I don't have any uh, ill will or any bad things to say about public schools oh, no, and yeah, programs and yeah, what they sure. do. Yeah. yeah. You know, nothing like that. And so sometimes I think, you know, being at a Catholic school, like I get a label and some of my staff gets a label yeah. about the For inappropriate sure. recruiting. And I can tell you right now, if, if we're, if we recruit, we don't do a good job of it because a lot of, <laughs> I mean, there is nobody at our school that I can say that like, Hey, I targeted that kid as a sixth grader, you yeah. know, to come to our school yeah. has never, has never happened. And so, um, you know, yeah, every school has their different problems. And obviously, um, you know, there are families that do, you know, sacrifice. And so, like I, like I said, like, sometimes we get that label of like, Oh, you always get the great kids. You know, it's all the great kids that are rich kids, great families. And that's not the case. Like we're, we're, we're dealing with kids that their parents just wanted something different you know, in a, in, a, in a different environment and they're willing to um, sacrifice and, and, you know, pay tuition um, to, to get into a different environment. And so that's ultimately up to the parents and that it can, that can be difficult and challenging at times. And, you know, we don't, 
Um, one of the, one of the really things that is hard is that, you, you know, if I wanted to have like a Saturday practice at say 10 AM and say, Hey, come on, we're going to come in and watch film. It's not like, you know, when I was in high school where all my, all my buddies would just, all right, get together, have breakfast and then walk over to the school to watch film or whatever. Right. You know, I have a kid that comes from Harrison Township. I have a kid that comes from St. Clair Shores. I have a kid that comes from Macomb, you know, so it's not like, you know, that, yeah. you know, it's not like within a block there. radius, right? Where they can no question. Get and go. <laughs> no question. Absolutely. And so that, and that presents another challenge as well. And so, yeah, there's definitely, um, yeah, that's, that's a challenge that we have. And, you know, ultimately like what, whenever, whenever I have talked, you know, to an organization um, affiliated with my school or not affiliated with my school, inevitably and ultimately, like, it's all about the kid and the experience for the kid. And so I can honestly say like when I was younger, no, it was more about me and yeah, you know, I, I want to, but you know, as I get older and, and I, and I, maybe it's just because I have kids, you know, and I matured a little bit and, and recognize and understand that like, we're not in it for ourselves. And, you know, we just want the best experience for the kid, whether he comes to my school, where to, whether he goes to the high school down the road, it doesn't really matter. You know? Right. Yeah. It's, it's the best fit for them for sure. And that's, yeah. Yeah. that's a refreshing take because I think a lot of times there is a stigma around the Catholic league. It's like, okay, well, you guys have the best of the best and you've got oodles of numbers and, you know, you've got, you know, four star and then another four star, then a three, you know what I mean? And, and it's just mm-hmm. like, you have an abundance of wealth and talent when in reality, you know, that's not necessarily the case, right? And I think you hit the nail right in the head when it comes to, it's not so much the, maybe the athletics or the tour, it's just something different for that particular kid and for that particular family that well, maybe doesn't want to go the more, the most convenient route possible. Yeah, no question. And there's been times where, you know, I, I mean, I've been approached uh, by parents of people like, like friends of mine that I know, you know, and um, they'll ask me a question about those school. I said, well, the first thing you got to do is if you're interested in the school, like you got to talk to our admissions department, you know, I'm I'm not in this to give you any other information. I can't talk to you legally, you know, go talk to our admissions (laughs) department. And, um, and then ultimately, I always say, like, whenever you if you're going to make a decision about a school, like make sure you're on board with the mission and the values of the school. Yeah. Um, sure. Or it's going to be, or it's not going to, you're not going to have a good experience here. And whether that's at Bishop Foley, whether that's at brother rice, whether yeah. that's at, you know, Waldlake Western high school, as yeah. long as, as long as it's the best fit for your kid, you know, yeah. from a school perspective, that has to be the first and most important thing. Yeah. And, and- and that's the thing, too, where I think sometimes we get, I think it's, you know, we see it a lot with, with you know, high schoolers, you know, being recruited to college. But now it's kind of starting to trickle down a little bit, even into the youth levels in the middle school or some high schools, maybe not as prevalently here in the, you know, in the lower state of Michigan, but like in other states, Texas and, and some of the bigger schools where you feel like, man, these kids are getting primed, like you said, where you've got high school coaches talking to them in fifth, sixth grade, right? And I think sometimes we, I think people forget that these kids are still kids. And it's more about the education rather than the athletics. I think sometimes that kind of gets lost at times. So I, it's really refreshing to hear a guy like you come out and say, like, you know, it, it is, you know, I'd love to have the best football team possible. I'd love to go undefeated and go and, you know, run the table every single year. But at the end of the day, it's about getting the right kids. It's about making sure that academically they are set up for their future rather than, all right, well, you're a really good athlete, so let's hope we can get you in here. Yeah, who, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, Rob, who doesn't want to go 9-0 and win every game? Oh, yeah, and exactly. Of course, you know what I mean? Everybody <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. does, of course. But, 
but I've also, I also recognize that um, like you, you can't always control your talent, you, you know, and re- ultimately you just want to coach the kids and get, so they can get the best out of their abilities. And whether that's five wins or three wins or nine wins, I mean, that's all you can ask for at the end of the day, you know, and, you know, talk about the academic thing. Like one of the things I am proud of is that, um, and I learned this actually um, from the guys at Clawson who I have great respect for Jim Sparks and his staff and everything he's done at Clawson high school. Um, you know, we, we have a daily study table session after school before we even go to practice. Right. And so, um, I mean, that right there is like, I, I mean, it's, it's, to me, it's, it should be proof to everybody that like, yeah, like we're more than just, you know, winning and losing on Friday night. You know, we really want, we really want our kids to be, get the best out of themselves, you know, even in the classroom, even if it's a subject they don't like necessarily. And, you know, I'm an English teacher and I'm teaching literature and like, I get it. Some of those kids are like bored to death. And I told, trust me, I totally understand, you know? So, but ultimately it's like, all right, I want you to try your best anyway. Yeah. Try to get the best out of this that you can. And hopefully you can learn something from it that maybe 10 years from now, you can look back and say, yeah, you know, coach Barnes had a good point with that. So, yeah. And, and, and it's, and that's one of the things too, you know, with the study sessions and stuff like that, where you're really, uh, you're, you're, you're making a well-rounded individual, right? Sports is so much about keeping life lessons off of the field, dealing with, how to rely on others, how to, how to work within a team, how to make it, it's not about you, it's about the team, how to deal with loss, how to deal with victory, how to deal with a lot mm-hmm. of different things that you are going to, uh, you know, come into in everyday life, right? And then things that, you know, you expect to be a starter and then a kid transfers and all of a sudden now you're, you're, you're riding the bench for that season. Just, you know, dealing with all the different emotions that a teenager has to go through. Um, so, you know, throwing the academic side into it as well is so important because like you said, you're placing an emphasis, not just on, you know, who can play the best on Friday night, but also, you know, what are we doing to set these kids up next year and the year after that? And then when they leave us and go to college, whether that's a community college or major course for university, it's really setting them up for success long after they're in the program, which I think is something that you guys will continue to grow into because that's the calling card. If, if I'm a parent, and I, and I look at a school and I go, wow, yeah, they're, they're a pretty good football team, but also look at all these kids that have gone on. They're going to, they're going to college. They've, they've got their degrees. That, I think, for most parents is, is the calling card of a good program, yes or no. That's, I, I agree. I mean, that's, and that's something, you know, like I said, you know, we're trying to establish, and it's like your culture. You know, that's what I'll talk about, your culture, right? Like, like that's, the ex, that's the expectation, like what we're, what we're building here. We're not just building football players. We're building young men, you know, and we see a, a lot of times, like I'm a parent, like it's, it's, it's funny, you know, my girls, they'll take coaching differently from, from a well, coach yeah, than, sure, they, than yeah. they will mom and dad, right? You know, yeah. so that's a, that's a, a responsibility that I, I take, um, you know, very personal. I recognize like the impact we can have on kids. And one of my proudest coaching moments, um, and, and there's a guy in my coaching staff now, and he's coached with me, you know, for the last 10 years. Um, he played for me when I was a young junior varsity coach in Clawson. And ultimately, he's one of my best friends now, and I was the yeah. best man in his wedding. Oh, that's you awesome. know, that's like, that's awesome. yeah, that's yeah. like uh, the ultimate compliment, yeah, you know, sure. that, yeah. that we're doing something right and yeah. um, the impact we have on, on other kids. And um, yeah, it makes me feel really good. That's awesome. And that, and that's the kind of relationship right where you look back and you go, so that's, that's what makes it all worthwhile at the end of the day. Absolutely. Let's talk, let's talk a little bit though um, about this whole COVID situation here. It kind of threw a monkey wrench in everyone's plans. Uh, the MHSAA, I don't want to say necessarily handled it great. I don't want to say they handled it poorly. I, it's kind of a mixed bag depending on who you are and where you stand on the fence. Um, 
Talk to me though about what what this means for you guys as far as programming. You know, going now to April. I mean, are you guys doing workouts now? Like, what are the limitations for you guys? Um, I know you guys are practicing. You know, I, I know a couple of the, uh, coaches, and they were like, "We're practicing, but we don't really know what we're waiting for the plug kind of to be pulled at any point in time." Um, now that it has been, and we're kind of delayed a couple months. What are you guys doing as far as uh, from a team perspective? Are you guys just kind of like, all right, see you in a couple months and we'll start this over? Or is it going to give you even more time to be like uber prepared, I guess? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, th this entire uh, situation has just been surrounded by a cloud of uncertainty. You oh, know right. what I mean? Going going back to March. And yeah. um, I actually, uh, in the middle of March, right when this whole thing started, I tested positive oh, wow. um, okay. for the virus. Oh, and so, um, like, I know firsthand, I have firsthand experience of, of everything. And, right. you know, my opinion is uh, um, strong, um, <laughs> and, and, you know, to say the least, because I've, you know, I've, I've experienced yeah. the virus. And, uh, right. like, with that being said, you know, like, I, I, I appreciate, you know, on the surface, the job that uh, Mark Yule and the MHSAA has, has tried to do in our, in our Football Coaches Association because, again, there's so much uncertainty. Absolutely. And there's, there's never – this has never been – I mean, it's, un, it's unprecedented. Yeah, nobody, right, yeah. nobody knows. And I think, like, in a perfect world, in a perfect situation, like, maybe we would have gotten some clarity sooner. Right. Um, but, I get, but I get it. Like, yeah, there is no perfect know. situation. Nobody, you know, nobody knows. And so, I, so I appreciate on the surface that I think that, um, you know, Mark Yule tried his very best for us to have a season this fall and waited out as long as he could. And I can respect that. Um, and saying that, you know, from our program's perspective, I mean, it was tough. Like, we were on the field. Yeah. Um, you I know, on Facebook where you told yeah. you, like, you literally just told these guys 10 minutes ago. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah, it was, it was tough. And, and you know what, like, obviously like, like, you know, keep a lot of perspective. And I try to stress that with our guys, like, you know, this isn't necessarily the end. No. Um, you know, one of our players didn't lose a life, lose a life. And, and I say that because, you know, like, we're very aware of the enormity of everything. People have been affected by this in so many different ways, whether it be loss of a loved one, loss of a job, um, you know, that sort of thing. So we're not downplaying anything, but it is, it is heartbreaking in the sense that, it's just adding to the uncertainty yeah. and the anxiety that everybody already has with yeah. everything and the change in the, in the enormity of it. And so from a program perspective, I, I told our guys like, uh, you know, don't, don't look at it. This as the ending. It's just going to be an adjustment, right? There's a little adversity. We'll be ready to go in April and let yourself hurt for the weekend, you know, but um let's get ready to um, still have a great school year. You know, let's be, let's great be, or let's be a great classmate and, and friend to, to everybody and, and be a great family member to your family and be strong for them and whatnot. And yeah, as a coaching staff, I mean, we've, we've kind of thrown out some ideas to, um, you know, how do we want to do things going forward right now? And like, I believe that like kids need to hurt a little bit. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't with this kind of decision. Yeah, for sure. Like um, if we go from zero to 60, like, Hey, heck no, we're going to ramp up on Monday. Like I think that'd be really selfish of me, Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, you, right. you know, and yeah. it'd be, it'd be really selfish because for, for me wanting to do football stuff, um, it's like, no, let's, let's let them start school. Um, let's let the transition get going a little bit and we'll reevaluate um, because right now, like we're, we are allowed to do like, all the off season type stuff, four man workouts and, and, and whatnot. And um, my, my staff and I and our athletic director, we really haven't finalized anything okay. um, kind of what we want to do. Um, but we, we've thrown out some ideas, but you know, maybe like once a week we'll get together or kind of thing and go from there, but nothing. Um, the most important thing. And I've, and I, and I stress this on social media and I, and I try not to play the social media game, but like, <laughs> you know, there, there, there are a lot of outside sources that, 
you know, talk about the health and safety of the kids. 100%. I totally get that. Right. But, but with that being said, there are so many unintended consequences when something like this happens, you know? So like I worry about mental health for, with somebody who's fought mental health issues the last few months, I worry about that with our kids, you know, anxiety, um, you know, lack of motivation, the feeling of being isolated still, that's been tough on a lot of people. And so I want to make sure that first and foremost, we as a staff, and every, you know, every coaching staff and every school district should do this, make sure we are available for those kids who are fighting those, um, fighting those feelings of uncertainty, you know, and, and that's the most important thing. And so before anything else, football wise, we need to make sure that our kids are okay in that regard first, and then football will, will be second. So, um, yeah, we'll finalize some things in the next couple of weeks or the next month and, and figure out how we want to do it and go from there. Yeah, for sure. That That's awesome. You know, and that's the biggest thing is, it's been such a difficult time. You're trying to put the kids first. You're trying to do these things where you're, it's, it's a, it's a very thin line, right? Cause you still want to keep, you know, you want to keep some sort of focus, right. But at the same time, you're, you're kind of like, okay, but how, do, how do we do this? There's not, you can't go to a coach maybe that you respect it for 25, 30 years and go, what did you do in this situation? Because this has never, this has never been a thing before, you know, so it's right. difficult for you to be like, you know, let's do this and be confident that that may be the right way to go. It, it's very much a toss up in every sense of the word, you know, so I, you know, that's, it's really hard. I, I totally get it from your perspective and, and to be able to have the clarity to go, you know what, let's let the kids maybe decompress a little bit. Just a real quick thing on the school. Are you guys going virtual uh, for the school? Or are you guys so, yeah. So, so, so right now our plan is to be in face to face, have face to face instruction. Oh, okay, cool. um, that's the plan we have offered the virtual option to families. Um, and so it'll be up to them to decide if they want to go that route or not. But as of right now, the plan is to be face to face in person. Okay, cool. So yeah. Yeah. We'll see, you know, obviously things, um, change daily it seems like mm-hmm. you know yeah, um, sure. and so we'll yep we'll see what happens just take it day by day yeah you know and that's and that's kind of how it has to be I think for, for a lot of people right I think I think a lot of parents at this point uh, just from what I've seen I'm, I'm not a parent or anything but from, from seeing the stuff on social media you go people just kind of want to know what the plan is right mm-hmm. I think it's hard for people to give you that plan when it's like you got a plan because I don't got a plan because I don't know. I we didn't expect this, right? And even even when this thing first hit, I don't think a lot of people were like, okay, we'll get through it, get through the summer, and then we'll be back in the fall and everything will be okay. And that clearly hasn't happened yet. It's it's loosened up quite a bit, but we're still not where we were six seven months ago even. So I think it's difficult for some parents even. So it's awesome that you guys are giving the uh, the option for both. Um, Last thing here I want to ask you, Brian, before I let you go and enjoy your Sunday. Uh, once again, I do really appreciate you hopping on with me. Um, what is the one thing, you know, going into this season, I really wanted to come on the season deck. Tell me about your schedule and all that good stuff, but obviously that's yeah. great. Um, but I, let's leave it with this. If there's one thing to know about the Bishop Foley, you know, program as a whole, you as a coach, what is one thing, if there's any kids out there listening, if there's any parents out there listening, you know, around the state where, What's one thing that you want them to lead, to know about you, your coaching staff, your program? Um, if there's one lasting impression from this interview we can get about who Brian Barnes is and what kind of program he is building at Bishop Foley, what's the one thing that you want everybody to know? Oh, man, that's a man, that's a pretty loaded question right there because there's a there's a there's a, there. I say that because there's a lot of things that we're proud of, you know, oh, yeah, and what sure. we and what we've done and what we're doing, you know. Um, I would say ultimately. Um, that what I, what I would like people to know is that what we do is player based and, and, and student athlete based. And so 
the, the programs we set up in the summertime, unfortunately this summer we weren't able to do it. You know, we have a foot, we have a football for moms and women day, you know, where we allow the moms to come in and ask questions and go through all the drills and, and things and stuff like that in a football game um, that all the players do. You know, we have a, a father, son, or, you know, like a, a, a male role model mentor day, you know, and we allow, we allow those positive male mentors in the kid's life or fathers to, to talk about, you know, the player in front of everybody. And it's such a, um, such a special moment for everybody. A lot of, there are a lot of tears at times, you know, because sometimes it's hard for guys to talk about feelings, you know, don't kid yourself, right. You know, it's hard for guys to talk about feelings and how you feel about somebody. And we allow ourselves to let our guard down and show how much uh, appreciation we have for each other there. And it's just an awesome thing. And like, and like I said, like, um, you know, back in the day, I, I remember, um, you know, during my, my interview with um, our athletic director in the, in the committee for the job four years ago. And I remember this question came up because I've applied for the job before at Bishop Foley. And, um, and the question inevitably came up, well, well, how have you changed since the first time you interviewed here? However, so many years ago, you know, and what I said was, I said, back then it was about me and my goals. And it's not like that anymore. It's about, it's about the kids and their goals. And so that would be the biggest thing I think ultimately is like everything we do, we strive to make sure it's a great experience for the kids and it's something they will never forget. And ultimately called, you could call me selfish here or call this arrogance or what I want playing. I want kids playing football at Bishop Foley to be the best experience they've had in four years in high school. That is my ultimate goal. Right. Right. I want people here who are listening to that to notice how, you know, we sometimes get consumed with like the wins and the losses, but I think your approach a lot of is building the culture that you're trying to build. That's going to lead to wins. That's going to lead to success, long-term success over having a team or two or a couple guys that kind of set you apart from the rest of the pack. So I just want some people to kind of focus on that because I think sometimes a lot of times if I ask that question, people are expecting you to go, well, I'd like in five years to have a state championship. You know what I mean? But that's not, that's not what, that's never even entered the stratosphere of what that response was. So that was extremely refreshing for you to say. Is that, I, well, think- I, I, uh, I, uh, I, I appreciate that because you know what, if, if that was my goal, I could do a lot of things to reach that goal. I could talk to every Madison Height Wolverine that you're involved with. I could talk to every Clawson Maverick. I could, I could talk to as many people as I wanted to. If that ultimately was my goal there, I could sell my soul and do that, but I'm absolutely not going to do that, you know? And so um, we're going to do it the right way and take us as far as we can go. And we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. And the kids are going to have a great experience doing it. And uh, you know, we'll see what the future holds. Yeah, that's that's awesome, Brian. Really, that's that's fantastic in every way. So I, I wish you the best of luck. Maybe I'll reach back out to you when the season's actually getting going. Maybe we can talk, <laughs> talk a little more about the actual schedule and how the team's looking. I was going to ask you that. I was like, well, early predictions, <laughs> but you know, now obviously the ladies are kind of underneath us a little bit. But once again, Brian, I really do appreciate uh, you hopping on. You're the first coach in this hopefully series that we kind of do on a semi-regular basis. So I really do appreciate it. If you ever need anything from me or my uh, or anybody from here from the show, please reach out. You have my contact info for sure, but I really do appreciate it. Um, I'll leave you the rest of your Sunday for you, my man. I appreciate it. Uh, anytime. Thanks for asking me, and uh, I'd love to come back on again. Awesome. Appreciate it, Brian. Thanks so much. Have a great day. You got it, Rob. You too. See ya. And welcome back to part two of this week's episode, episode 90 underway. We appreciate, once again, a big shout-out to Brian Barnes and the Bishop Foley High School uh, for giving you, giving us our, your time uh, to talk about your program. We are extremely excited for you. Uh, good luck on the rest of the way and for this season. 
Um, we hope we actually get a full football season. That would be for nice. Sure. For sure. You know, it's funny. We mentioned this earlier. We were talking off air where it's like football forever is. It's like high school, full go. Then we're going to skip a level because who yeah. needs it? And we're going to go, go right, right to pros. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. I'll figure that out. Uh, but let's jump in here, Mike. Let's do what we do best here. Let's talk uh, Let's talk what's going on in the sports world. Specifically, let's talk about what's going on in the squared circle here to start off the show. We're going to preview SummerSlam uh, and NXT TakeOver. Now, this is going to be a little bit different than what we normally do, guys, because, um, shocker, there's not really a full card out for either one of these yet. Um, we've got... Some we've got some half confirmed that some of them I think it's more like we're assuming it's going to be made, but we're not like they haven't announced it officially yeah. yet. Like, I, and, and is that weird? Because I feel like usually by this point we kind of have the card already. Yeah, I, I'm a little. I mean, we only have what two more shows for summer, saying right. one more NXT. Yeah, um, we actually have a decent. A number of them here. There's seven here. And is there? Is yeah, there? Okay, seven I must matches. Have added lots of yeah, there's time seven time. matches that we're gonna go over, and then we'll get predictions if there's anything else yeah. that's going right. on. Yeah, and then XC has four matches announced already. They usually only do five or six. Yeah. So I think there's a, there's a good number of them. Yeah. I don't think this. Is, usually they do like twelve or thirteen for SummerSlam. Yeah. So I think maybe, there's still maybe about they're, maybe they're trying to shorten it a little bit. Maybe that would be Ooh, nice. That would be that would be better. Yeah. Instead of I six like hours, that. whatever yeah. it is, because. No, and the problem is, too, nothing ever happens at SummerSlam most of the time. So yeah. it's always like, okay, great. Um, yeah, let's just jump right in, though. Let's talk SummerSlam first because Mike's got it brought up here. Uh, let's just go through the match card as it sits right now, and then we'll kind of give our predictions and our thoughts. Just real quick before we jump in, though, are you excited for SummerSlam this year? Do you care? Like, I feel like it's a mixed bag for me because there's a couple matches on here. I go, okay, you know, like maybe I'm looking forward to it. And then the other part, I'm going to go, uh uh-uh, uh, I, I am I am excited because it's at the Amway Center. Yes, yeah, they're going to do that virtual be at the, fan thing, right? Is what I'm I wondering. heard it's going to be like on the screen. They're going to have virtual fans. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, they're going to pump in some crowd noise or something. They need to do what the NBA does. They need to be taking some notes yeah. and doing something. Just just some general rustling, something yeah. to kind of make it feel like people are there. I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be weird. I can yeah. appreciate they're trying. Um, I know it's killing them right now to not have fans in the in the arenas though yeah. you can tell like i can t- i'm sure vince every time he goes to a tv tape he's just pissed yeah. the entire show because like this looks terrible um but i do think they're trying and if and maybe if it's a little bit new presentation maybe they're hoping that they can kind of get some people back on board because mm-hmm. the ratings have literally never been worse um yeah. so let's just jump right in though my first match all right uh we're gonna talk about apollo cruz the champ going Ooh. in the first mvp singles match for the united states title I'm going to take uh, MVP because I guess they started a faction yeah, uh, a yeah. couple weeks ago. Yeah, they and they're probably going to start pushing out a little bit. I, would I, assume, I honestly right? am surprised that it's MVP doing this and not Lashley. I feel I'm like too. Lashley yeah. would be a better fit here. Mm-hmm. MVP still being the mouthpiece. Um, yeah. I also think MVP should get the win here. I don't see why the United States Championship is on Apollo just until to lose it. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, they did that title versus title thing a couple weeks ago on Raw where Apollo got the win. Um, MVP gets the win back. Yeah, exactly. Gets the title. Now we're, now we're rolling with it a little bit. Um, I do feel like they just need to up the game a little bit here with, with US Championship. you got a new design. I feel like it's an opportunity to kind of give people a revamped like importance to it almost. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've done that so far. Um, it obviously didn't help that... Apollo had the had COVID or was out for a couple yeah, weeks or yeah, like yeah. that, so like that didn't help the momentum either. But like right now, I don't necessarily know if MVP is the guy to do it. Um, but I'm interested to see where they go with it. But yeah, I'll take MVP as well on this. Uh, okay. Uh, next up, we're gonna go Dominic Mysterio versus Seth Rollins, and apparently there's a new stipulation where Dominic Mysterio can use weapons. Yeah. 
but Seth Rollins is like a normal match. Right. It's kind of, if you want right. to equate it, it's kind of like the Ziggler-McIntyre match. Right. It yeah. sounds like, it's like where... It's rules for one guy, but not the other. Yeah, yeah. So that's how it sounds like. And, and honestly, go. they had to do something because if it was if you were going straight up in any circumstance, everyone goes, so Dominic's just going to get run through like a buzzsaw? Is that what you're telling me? Because yeah. he honestly has no chance. You're going against a former multi-time world champion, and now we're doing that. It's just kind of like... It's whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I still think Rollins gets the win here. I think Dominic has a nice showing. Um, I'm kind of over this storyline. I'm not going to lie to you. I, 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 you know, for as many people who criticize NXT for wasting Adam Cole's talents, I feel like this is a complete waste of Seth Rollins' talents. Oh, 100%. So I feel like, you know, he needs to get back on a roll here. I don't feel like they're utilizing him or Buddy uh, Buddy Murphy as, like, the next, as, like, a real true good heel uh, stable. Um, so I think they need to get back and roll, but I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give Seth the win here, but unfortunately I don't think this is the end of this storyline, which yeah. is rough. Uh, next up we got the Street Profits as the champs yeah. versus Andrade and Angel Garza for the Raw Tag Team titles. Who you got? I'm gonna take Andrade and Angel Garza, yeah, only because the Street Profits haven't done legitimately anything yeah. for the last well, like, month, really. you kind of feel it, you know, if you watch this enough, and if you're not a wrestling fan, you know, just skip ahead a little bit in the episode, I understand, you can go to basketball, but like, for the yeah. most part, though, if you are a wrestling fan, sometimes you kind of get that feel where you're like, alright, it's kind of time to make a change. The, the, the Street Profits as a tag team are fine, no problem with them, I still think Montez Ford is a single star waiting to happen. Um... But at the same time, I'm I'm in the point where it's like, okay, let's let's get some, you know, it's kind of like when Cesaro and Shinsuke won them. I'm like, I'm, I think this is where they're gonna go because yeah. I think they need to kind of inject some life in the tag division. Andrade and Angel Garza both are tremendous individual talent. So as a tag team, I love them together. Um, Selena Vega is a great manager. I think it's time to get the titles off of the Street Profits mm-hmm. and let's go, chip chop chip, Agreed. roll with it. Um, okay, so next we're gonna go. Bailey is gonna take on the winner of this triple band Breton. Triple Brand Battle Royal. It's a tongue Now, they just announced the names of these people. Good Lord. So, they have people including, but not <laughs> exclusive to, because I don't know if they're going to add more. Uh, so, you got people like Nikki Cross. Yeah. Let's see who else you got. You got uh, Tegan Knox, Shotzi Blackheart, Naomi, Shayna Baszler, Lacey Evans, Bianca Belair, <laughs> The Iconics. Oh, sorry, I fell asleep. Any of those names sound like... Okay, so who do you think is going to win out of those few names I just named? Somebody, somebody ridiculous. They like a... Uh, like a I don't know if Shane... They're, uh, I, don't think, I don't think you're going to go Shane because you're not going to go cross-brand with it, I don't yeah. think. Especially because they're going to do a draft in a couple months, yeah. too. So it's like... I, I wouldn't be shocked to see an NXT person win here yeah. just to kind of like give it a shot in the arm. I'm going to tell you this way. I don't think it matters who wins this battle royal. Oh, I, okay, I think, yeah, agree. I think Bailey retains. I think Bailey and Sasha have quite literally never been more on fire than they have yeah. been these past couple months. Bailey, especially this year long run almost that she's had as the champion, has been phenomenal. And I think we're gonna look back on it and really go, remember when Bailey was like tippy top on her game? Mm-hmm. It's it's really really well done. So uh, Bailey versus whoever Bailey gets the win. Yeah. Um. I actually I think it's gonna be Bailey versus Naomi. Probably yeah, Naomi yeah, had that whole, bit. Yeah, 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 the social media push where it's like Naomi's not doing anything. Yeah, so That's fine. I'm, I'm finding that that push by the Bailey wins. Yeah, either I, way, wouldn't shock me. And then we're gonna go to the Raw side of the women's division. You got yeah. Sasha Banks versus Asuka. Again, like you just mentioned, I don't think either one of them are gonna lose their titles. Yeah, because I think it's gonna be an eventual either title for title yeah. or or somebody's some, gonna accidentally cost each other the other one, and then they're gonna feud. Yeah. And gonna I don't think something. it's that time. I think it's gonna be one of those like sh- like. They're going to drop it yes. to Shayna in that way. Something. And, or something, something, and then that's when they're going well, to fight and, the other and one two, or something. Right? 
Sasha's never had a successful title defense. Yeah. She's been women's champion, what, four times now? I yeah. don't think she's ever held it. She's never held it past a month, right? Every time she'd always lose it right back Charlotte, to Charlotte, yeah. right? So in this particular scenario, I would say that, yeah, I think I think Sasha should retain, not clean by any stretch of the imagination. You need to keep Asuka strong. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think that it's necessarily the time. I think you need to roll with it a little bit. And I think before you do the breakup with the singles titles, I think you need to get them to drop the tag titles first. Yeah. Um, before you do that, and I think this should honestly, you know, because Charlotte's going to be out for a little longer. You don't, Becky, we don't know obviously because she's having a child, but um, and I think Shayna, they're going to use Raw Underground to kind of reestablish her a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have a ready-made star in the women's division outside of Asuka to take the title off of either one of these ladies. So I think you need to ride this up until next year's WrestleMania and to have that. Match. Oh, agree. I yeah, think that's I think. where it needs to be, and I think that the. That the what they've done deserves that momentum going in. So yeah. I'm going to say Sasha retains as well in a kind of crappy way to retain, but in order to keep Oscar strong still. Yeah. Uh, so then we're going to go to the Universal Championship match: Braun Strowman versus the Fiend this time, Bray Wyatt. And I guess I can say my prayers that Bray Wyatt's going to win this one. I don't know. I, this is the one. This but, is the one match where I go. I don't know. Like legit. Like I could. Like, we're gonna talk about like McIntyre and Orton here in a second, but like that match, like you can you can you can imagine both ways it going, yeah. and, and and be like, okay, this one though, it's like, man, if Braun wins, now what? Like yeah. legitimately, unless AJ Styles is gonna drop the Intercontinental Championship, or yeah. Jeff Hardy is gonna be the next guy, yeah, or, or Riddle or something, like that's gross. I if I see Braun Strowman versus Sheamus for the Universal Championship, I'm gonna lose my freaking mind. Yeah, so just just click. Yeah. It's off for me. I'll go watch paint dry over that. Yeah. So I'm going to hope The Fiend wins. I don't like this feud at all. I hate Braun Strowman as champion. I don't think he's entertaining. I, he's not. Once again, it's like Andre the Giant or somebody like that, where it's like these guys are not meant to hold the title for very long, if at ever. They're supposed to be a mo- monster obstacle for the hero to go over. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. And I will continue to say this every time we bring up the Universal title. I miss Roman Reigns. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Bray Wyatt in my... Prayers. <laughs> Let's talk about it real quick because I think there is rumor that it's going to be AJ versus Hardy for the IC title. I read that. Is on that okay? So I've heard that, that is a too? rumored match. If it is, I still think AJ retains. But yeah. I think See, here's the thing. On what happens I think I think would be very. Title. I think that's interesting too because I think yeah. that you could go. Hardy wins. The, that's how you take the title off. Of oh yeah, absolutely. AJ, give it absolutely. to Hardy. Have him do a little thing with like Sheamus or whatever. Yeah. Yep. And then you throw AJ Styles against Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Or that's what I'm hoping. I'm just gonna say Bray Wyatt because I'm hoping it happens. <laughs> I guess it could be Braun Strowman too, though. Terrible. Um. But yeah, AJ versus the Fiend. I think would be awesome. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So sure, I'm, yeah. I'm totally in for that. If yeah. th- that is what's gonna happen. Yeah. And then our final match that's here. I, okay, wait. I, I guess we'll advertise. say. Is there any other match? Is there like a SmackDown title match? You think? No. As of right now. No. Or is Big E going to jump in somewhere to have a match with somebody? I don't think so. Like, I think they're trying to kind of nip these pay-per-views in the butt a little bit and kind of yeah. keep them a little more condensed, which I think is a good thing, quite oh, frankly. Sure. right now, So yeah. with that being said, I think they need to keep, whether well, there's seven matches seven, on the card. Seven, and we just let's say, about eight. Like, they throw AJ and Hardy on there. Mm-hmm. I think a solid eight card, I think that's perfect. I don't okay. think you need to add a women's match or anything else. Use those kind of matches, and I think we need to start doing this. Use those pre-show, like the first couple, like, you know, like a random women's match just thrown onto the show. Save those for Raw and SmackDown. Make those feel like more mm-hmm. to build up to a pay-per-view. Because, by the way, payback is the week after, yeah, I know. which is the dumbest thing ever. But we'll talk about that next week. I guess next week, yeah, <laughs> what happens. Okay, so then we're going to get into, uh, God, hold it's the main event of the show. 
is Drew McIntyre versus Ray Yort for the WWE title. Oh and this is the one I am like leaps and bounds looking forward to. Yeah. And also I could argue both cases for because yes. yes. I could argue McIntyre could just hold it till Ooh. I think I this think my is thing is tough. I'm I'd be worried if McIntyre retains because I'm worried that like a Lesnar's gonna come back and do his thing again mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna say Orton because I think Orton's ride to Mania would, would be much much better because yeah. he's gonna have a nice couple feuds and then probably gets a big edge feud at Mania for the title, mm-hmm. which I would much rather see than like Lesnar somehow winning it back against Drew and then having another yeah. guy try to take no, him down. That is a big deal because like if that's worst case scenario, it's like oh okay so Drew retains, Brock comes out oh. By the way, next Sunday, Brock versus McIntyre. Yeah, and Brock then beats him Brock beats him. That would be that would just undo everything yeah. that they've already done with Drew. Exactly. So you can't do that. I'm gonna phrase that. They can do they that. They can, but they I shouldn't. really shouldn't hope to pray to whatever God you believe in that that doesn't happen. Um, yeah, I think Orton has been on fire. Obviously, no matter what happens, I don't think this is if this is a clean loss, it's only gonna be Orton over McIntyre. I don't see any circumstance where McIntyre wins clean over yeah. Orton. Um I don't. I just don't see it. Like I think. I think it would do more. Either way, I think whoever wins this is going to be a massive shift. Mm-hmm. I can also see them waiting an extra week just so McIntyre gets the win here. Maybe and then, yeah, and then because fine. of shenanigans, as long as this match though doesn't end in a DQ, mm-hmm. like I hate that. Uh, like your core four, your last match can't end in a in a flipping schmaz. Like yeah. I cannot stand that. So if you're going to give it to Orton, then give it to Orton. Yeah. As long as it's a good match. Yeah. McIntyre isn't hurt by the most overheal they have right now yeah. by losing the title here. You know, yeah, I so, wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be shocked actually if McIntyre. I'm gonna. I'm gonna add the asterisk. Yeah. If McIntyre wins here, yeah. then I think Orton wins at payback probably right. the next week. Right. Exactly. And at that point, I'd be okay with that outcome. Also, yes. I want Orton to have the title two weeks after the show. Yeah, I think that's what I want. This is the most entertaining Randy Orton has been in probably five years, oh, if sure. not longer, yeah. because he's on fire. He did the thing with Rick, right? I don't know if this retribution thing is going to have anything to do with it. I'm not sure. There's a lot of variables at play here. Um, but, yeah, so this one's a kind of a toss-up. I'm going to say I'm going to go with your three. I say maybe McIntyre gets the win, so he gets the win. Yeah. Um, I don't foresee a circumstance where Orton wins and then McIntyre wins it right back. Yeah, no, I don't either. So I think think maybe McIntyre wins here. Payback, maybe. I don't know. As long as they give him 25 minutes and they can tell me a great story and at the end of it I feel exhausted like, wow, what a war, Mm. then I'll be happy no matter who is the outcome. Normally I would be full McIntyre here, but... Orton is really yeah. I'm I'm really good. Been, I'm good with either. I just yeah. think long term. I think I'd rather have Orton right for, for reasons sure. that we just brought up yeah. than to have Drew McIntyre because I don't see Drew McIntyre long term ending well. No. for WWE. We fans. can't. I, I, if I don't see Brock Lesnar with the world title for the next fifteen years, will be too soon. Yeah. that way. Okay. All right, let's shift to NXT TakeOver. All right, so we got NXT TakeOver 30, the 30th one. This one will be at Full Sail, not okay. at Hamway well, yeah. or whatever. Right. Yeah, wherever they're going to go. Yep. Uh, so we have four matches to discuss. I guess we could discuss anything else if mm-hmm. we think of it. Yeah. So I guess we'll go first with uh, the North American ladder match. So we have three confirmed names. We got Bronson Reed, yep. Damian Priest, and Cameron Grimes. Yep. And then Johnny Gargano's versus Ridge Holland, yep. and Finn Balor's versus Velveteen Dream, who debuted last Wednesday. Right. The winner of those two singles will be added to a five to the five way. I don't really so. I don't really care who wins those matches because I don't think it's going to matter. I wouldn't be shocked to see Ridge Holland get the win over Gargano. 
um, just because they're really high on him for whatever yeah. reason. I don't really understand why necessarily. Uh, I think it's Damian Priest's time, though, quite frankly. I think he's the guy for this moment. Um, I think they've built him up enough where he's had enough high-profile matches and come up short that this would be a perfect time to really get him rolling. Yeah. Um, I don't see it for Bronson just yet. Cameron Grimes, I don't see it happening at all. If it is, it's a very short reign. Uh, and I think that Gargano and Finn and Velveteen, quite frankly, have all been there, done that. So it's, yeah. it, I don't feel like that's necessarily anything that yeah. spectacular. I think it's got to be one of the new guys, and I'm going to go with Damian Priest. I agree. I think it will be Damian Priest. I also yeah. wouldn't like... Actually, no, I'm going to go Damian Priest 100% because yeah. I think the Finn Balor, because they had a match at the last TakeOver, right. I think that will be like the first few days. Fine, but, fine, yeah. cool. Yeah, uh, for sure. 100% works for me. Finn needs to get past this little obsession with the North American title and get ready to be built up to go face Cross. Yeah. That's the feud that needs to happen. Yeah, but 100%. A demon, Finn Balor, yeah. versus Killer Cross. Cross yeah. Yes, please. Uh, so now we're going to go into Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. Yeah. I cannot believe That's, I just said that I for a takeover I'm show. I'm so excited about it. If you missed our analysis on this match, though... Uh, as far as the situation, go back and listen to episode 89 because yeah. I think it's not some of our best work we've done in the past couple episodes where we really break this down and give you a full picture of why this is happening. Yeah, um, I'm going to take, well, obviously, I'm going to take Adam Cole. Yeah, I, I think there's zero percent sure. chance Pat McAfee wins, but it's probably going to be the most. Listen, issue. listen, there's a five way ladder match on this show. There's going to be Cross versus Keith Lee, and I still am going to put my neck out there and say this match has potential to steal the show. I 100% agree. A la Rousey Angle, Triple H, Stephanie. Not necessarily technically the greatest match in the world but like the most entertaining match yeah definitely think because pat mcvee is like all these videos i see of him training he's taking this some, like legit yeah. i am very excited yeah, no i think match. if anything i'm just gonna be sitting hopefully for 20 25 minutes and yeah. just go and just, going, I'm just that was awesome that yeah. was just cool because you know there's gonna be a crazy bump or two yeah. in there you know Someone's gonna. There's gonna be so many super kicks. I mean, yeah. It's gonna be ridiculous. You know that for a fact. So yeah. very. Exciting. I need a like a Pat Maxey finish and like a close through yeah. kick out thing. I want to see him hit a pounce tackle thing like yeah. on like on the sideline that yeah. he used to do. I want to see him try to punt Cole a couple like yeah. all good things. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Adam Cole's gonna win. This is probably. I guess we've been saying it for the past like nine takeovers. Now it's probably gonna be Cole's last one. <laughs> we keep but maybe he will stay for a little longer. I guess who I knows when they're gonna Let's bring go. him up. Chip, chop, chip. Uh, singles match for the NXT women's title. We got Eero Shirai as the champ versus Dakota Kai. Eero Shirai retains. It's not even close. I agree. So yeah. get, uh, and De- just, no, never mind. It's yeah. not Dakota Kai. Uh, yeah, I take Eero Shirai also. Yeah, Dakota Kai beat Ripley with some help. Um, yeah. But I don't, once again, I don't I don't care. Rhea Ripley was, because they just announced all the participants yeah. in this match. I thought Rhea Ripley was going to be in that for the women's yeah, title. Right. And I was like, oh, that's... And then she was in it. I said, yeah, okay, like, well, that's no, fine. It's fine. You know, because they're doing something with her and uh, uh, somebody else from the Robert Stone brand. Yeah, the Aaliyah Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, so there's no tag match announced. I'm assuming there will be a tag match for the tag titles. You know, if there... The tag titles... It's funny you say that because I remember just, you know, you know, I guess 30 episodes really isn't that long considering. But yeah. like... We would talk about like, wow, the tag division is pretty deep. Now, yeah. not so much. No, and it's, it's, like it's really, it's really rough right now. For I, I'm waiting for some for two singles guys to kind of make a tag team here a little yeah. bit, or maybe they bring somebody else in because that is. I wouldn't be. Don't be shocked to see maybe like an Isaiah Swerve Scott versus. Uh, uh, oh, versus Phantasma guy for, for the Cruiserweight title. Yeah, just as something maybe to get the show started. The latter match is going to start the show. I'm yeah. willing to bet you 100% um, to start the show off hot. But, like, I wouldn't be shocked to see something like that happen. Um, 
Other than that, though, I don't really see. Maybe you just give people two hours and you just let these four matches go. Yeah, only go an hour forty-five. Maybe you know. And then, so I guess we'll talk about the yeah. main event, the NXT title match: Keith Lee, Karrion Cross. I think this is uh, outside of the Adam Cole match, which yeah. I am like almost one hundred percent certain that Adam Cole is going to win because there's no reason why he should lose. Yeah, I think I am so confident that Karrion Karrion Cross. Yes, is going to win this now match. Now here is the caveat to that: is that WWE has two ways of doing this. They can either go the way that they've been building this monster for, right? And you've you've had Keith Lee do everything, so you might as well have him lose to the guy that you're going to build the brand around, mm-hmm. right? Or two, they're going to WWE it up, and they're going to have a, a bad finish to end this, and it's going to put a sour taste in everybody's mouth. Yeah. Um, I, I'm in agreement with you, though. It needs to be crossed a thousand percent of the way. Mm-hmm. Quite, And honestly, though, I want to see it be competitive. I don't want to see Cross be Lesnar and just run through Keith Lee. That does nothing for me because you spent all this time building Keith Lee up. Why then just have him job out in three minutes? That mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense to me. This should go 20 minutes. This should be a war. I want to see a little bit of blood, possibly, right? I want to see I want to see two guys beat the living hell out of each other for 15 to 18 minutes with a two-minute finishing sequence to make me go, wow. And, and there's a true crowning of, like, crosses the guy. It's going to take whoever beats him is going to have to be on... Fire, fire yeah. for him to beat him. Yeah, I would say I'm a very big wrestling fan, and I don't really know much about Karrion Cross. Yeah. So I'm a casual when it comes to Karrion Cross as a character. Yes. And right now, I'm not 100% like... Like, right. they're doing a good job as a casual going, okay, this guy's, like, killing yeah, he's most a people. Beast. We he's got a it. beast. Yeah. But I think if he if he loses any sense, whether it be DQ, yep. w- whatever, right. yeah. any kind of pin, whether it's yep. a faulty finish or not, I go, yeah, I don't believe anymore because he right. shouldn't ever be losing. Right. And, and honestly, because then what you you book yourself into a corner once again because then, okay, so Keith Lee wins this match. Now what? Yeah. Now You have nobody. He went through Finn, Gargano. Roderick Strong, Adam Cole, and now Karrion Cross. There is nobody left for, mm-hmm. for Keith Lee. So this needs to be Cross 100% of the way. It's not even a discussion. And it needs to be something where Keith Lee can leave this match and still go and say, he's still a star. That's that's the key here in these matches. It's not who wins, who loses. It's about what what's the, what's the result from and what are we going to get out of this result? Because if you get out and Cross wins this title in a 25-minute back-and-forth war, where, to your point, Mike, we see what Cross can really do. Right now, I've seen him do a belly-to-back suplex, he does a sleeper hold, and he kicks some guys a bunch. That's the extent of what we've seen from an Arsenal perspective out of Cross on WWE television. So we need to see more than that in this match to really get us uh, to have a feel to go, oh... I get it. I see why they're they're pushing this guy to the moon. You know yeah. what I mean? And I understand why he's already in this position he's in. And by by putting him in this match and putting him over in a way where it's like at the end you go, well, Keith Lee gave him everything and it still didn't matter and now he's walking out champ. Who the hell is going to stop this guy? Mm-hmm. Now you're off and running. Because now it's he's the epitome of evil and now it's every other superstar on the roster is going to try to go after him. Yeah. That's the way you got to do it. So Cross, 100% of the way... No doubt about it. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to give you uh, some ample time because I don't want to just gloss over these NBA playoffs. So we're going to we're going to uh, go to quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk NBA playoff action just a little bit. Just give us some previews of what's going on the official matchups. I know Mike's pretty excited about it, and then we're going to go uh, to episode ninety-one next week. So be ready for that, guys. So I'll be tuned after the break. Hey guys, it's the Mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyke, and we appreciate you sticking around here for a special part three for episode ninety, but. 
while we're talking about our episodes, the uh, the road to episode 100 is officially underway. I've been talking about it for the last few weeks, and it's extremely exciting for all of us here at the show. Just want to take a moment of your time to say thank you so much for all the support. Uh, the the outpouring of support and love for this show has been overwhelming, and me, Mike, Kyle. Emily, we all really do appreciate the support that we get from you guys. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the show. If you haven't, make sure to go to our YouTube page, I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. Subscribe there. And as well as go buy a quick, awesome t-shirt for the I'm Always Right official logo shirt at belowthecollar.com. New designs are coming. I promise. I know I've been saying that for a while, but I promise they are in the works as we speak. Once again, really appreciate it. Stay tuned for this last part three of episode 90 and be ready for the gigantic, the enormous, the gargantuan, the outright bombastic episode 100 coming in in a month and a half or so. So thank you so much for your support once again. Stay safe out there. Now here's part three of this week's episode. And welcome back to a special part three edition of episode nine here of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. Uh, once again, big shout out. Thank you, Mr. Brian Barnes from Bishop Foley High School, uh, giving us some of his time for part one. If you missed that interview, go back and listen to part one of this week's episode. But Mike, let's jump right in here. NBA playoffs to close out this week's show. I feel like we've been talking about it for weeks. We're finally here, though. We're finally we, we finally got some confirmed matchups. I'm extremely excited for it. Um, we're filming this actually a couple days early because you're going to be out of town. So we're, we've got all the East is locked in, right? Yes. It's everything except for just that last Western. The eight speed, The eight speed yeah. in the West. Uh, everything else is kind of locked in. And we wanted to kind of preview this, these opening round matchups with you guys and talk about some potential... Uh, key players to watch as you're watching this first round because by the time you hear next week's episode, episode 91, they're already going to be almost midway through and it could possibly be at the near end of some of these series. So we wanted to get ahead of it a little bit here and talk about it. Um, are we just going to, right off the top, we're going to assume that Portland gets in. in I'm going to take the assumption, we could talk a little bit about Memphis, yeah. but I think Portland's such on fire. Yeah. And since they're the eighth seed officially at, at this moment of the recording, right. that they only need to win one out of two yes. against Memphis, where Memphis needs to win both. both Saturday and Sunday to get in. And I don't think it's going to happen. And I don't think there's a strong it's, case for that. Right. Yeah. Um, but we can talk about both as potential matchups. Right. But I'm going to assume Portland yeah. takes it. And if you're a basketball fan, I know if you're a Memphis fan, you should just be happy that you're in this position. Oh, yeah. Because now you've got people to build off of. If you're Portland... You're like, okay, you know, you were at the Western Conference Finals last year. Like, you've got a little bit of some some leeway here. And if you're a basketball fan who has no rooting interest because your team, the Pistons, are out like myself, then you would rather, I think, would rather see Portland just because I think Portland, even though they're not necessarily the favorites in general, I think they have a better chance of giving the Lakers a run if there is one available. I know, Mike, you're pretty much saying that's still not going to happen. And I agree (laughs) with you, but some of your friends apparently are so confident they're willing to put money down on it. So... Um, let's talk East first, though. Let's just break down oh, some. Okay, we're yeah, East first. Yeah, let's just go down with some of those because those are all officially locked in. Okay. Um, out of all these, let, give me the first round matchups first, and then I got a follow up for you. Okay, so we're going to officially have the Bucks versus the Magic. Oh. On, okay, so all these days are subsequent, so it'll be yeah. on Tuesday. Right. But they'll be every other day. Mm-hmm. Then you got the Pacers and the Heat as the four five matchup. Okay. And then you have the Raptors and the Nets as the two seven. Yep. And then the Celtics and the 76ers as the three six. All right. So Mike, I want to ask you. You're the biggest basketball guy on this show by far, right? Kyle likes to think he is, but we know he's, yeah. he's not. He's college football. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it's not even gonna be here this year. Him and Jared Cook. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> But but in your opinion, though, right, out of all those matchups in the East, if you're a casual basketball fan, right, and 
you know, you're like somebody like me who maybe I can't watch every single game. I'm not as cool as you. I don't have two TVs in my room to double dip, okay? <laughs> but um, if there's one series to watch on the eastern on the east side, um, who who am I supposed to be paying attention to? Is there is there a team or is there is that is there a matchup here that you are going? If you're going to watch one and dedicate three hours to watching. Which one am I watching? You are going to watch Pacers versus the Heat. Okay. The 4 or 5 matchup. Okay. And it's not even really close in the East. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I say it is because... I can I'm just surprised you didn't say Celtics 76ers, honestly. The problem with that is both their big guys are out. Right. Simmons and Embiid aren't playing. Or Embiid could be back. Oh, really? He, he I got didn't even know that Embiid got hurt, too. Uh, Embiid no. got hurt, and Ben Simmons is not going to be back by the time the playoffs. Right. Right. Again, if yep. not, there, he's not going to be for the rest of the way. So okay. I think the Celtics is way more of a steamroll. Okay. Not maybe a steamroll, but a pretty convincing win, I would yeah. say. Okay. Um, Raptors and Nets, I love the Nets story, but they just don't have the pieces this not year. Yet. It's not yet. It's I think yet. next year, if they have the same pieces, but add the three or four pieces missing, they could yeah. be a legit contender next year. Durant would help. <laughs> yeah, and then Bucks Magic, I think, is the same as Bucks yeah. Pistons last year, where right. it's like four games. Yes, yeah, four done. games and it's done. The Heat Pacers, I think, you have very interesting. You're deep. Uh, you both have a star player, and then somehow TJ Warren's on the other team. It's absolutely insane what yeah. he's been able to do. Right. Um. So if I would say on the Eastern side. You're, you're watching Tuesday, Thursday, and every subsequent every other day because mm-hmm. Pacers Heat is going to be insane. Yeah, I think so. That's a great that's a great point. We talked about it when we broke down this season as how we could predict it would go down. Right? We talked about the Heat. I know Kyle's really big on the Heat. We're, we're, I feel like he's as high on the Heat as we are about Dallas in some yeah. regard. Right? We're like we really like the, the Mavericks. Where the Heat are kind of that same team. We're like. The, no one's talking about him, right? Jimmy Butler's having a good season. They got Iguodala there now. Duncan Robinson, for you Michigan fans, is there shooting threes out the door. Oh, God. Um, but, at the, you know, no one's really talking about him, you know, mm-hmm. but they've been there. Eric Spolstra is an NBA championship winning head coach. Like, you know, this is a good basketball team here. We, I think that this, and I agree with you 100%. Uh, Pacers Heat for me is is I think is the game that I'm probably going to tune into the yeah. most are those games for sure. Um, any is there a specific player for you that you're like out of and maybe just the whole East that you're looking forward to watching or a guy that you want to see kind of take over and be like all right looking going down the road here as we break down these other matchups as we get further into the yeah. playoffs you go this is a guy out of the East where I go if this guy is playing where he should be playing this is a team to look out for yeah the the one guy that stands out bigger I think than almost anybody else is uh Jason Tatum okay. from the Boston Celtics because I think he is the reason he goes why, the Celtics go. yeah he, he is right. going to be the reason why they get to the Eastern Conference Final, right. or he is going to be the reason why they get eliminated by the, probably the Raptors. It's right. going to probably be in the second round, yeah. and it's because he's either going to be balling out for 40 points a game, or he's going to have, like he did the first game of the bubble, and only have like eight points, right. and really just right. kind of like stink up the floor a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be the most important piece to yeah. be able to get a team over the hump. Yeah, for sure. That, and I would say Pascal Siakam for Toronto. I think yes. it's also a very big piece. For sure, yeah. And, and you look at, you know, I think Jason Tatum is a perfect representative because as the Celtics go, he goes, right? So it's like yeah. it's one of those things to where he is going – he's going to be their engine, right? I know they got Kemba Walker there. They got Jalen Brown. They got some pieces there, no doubt. But they're going to go as he goes. And your point, if he's dro- – even if he puts up 15 a night, that's not going to be good no. enough in, in any circumstance. He's going to have to – 
take his rightful place as a guy that everyone goes, he's the top five player in this league. That's kind of where he needs to be. For Sooner rather than later. Right, exactly. The 76ers thing, that's kind of falling away. So that's, you know, you're already kind of rolling through there as is, right? The Raptors don't have Kawhi anymore. You already blew a, a chance to get there a couple years ago when LeBron was still in Cleveland. There's a lot of different pieces here, you know, that are moving for, for Boston. And I think Boston's window is a lot smaller and a lot shorter than I think people are realizing. And I think he needs to kind of like, okay, yeah. let's go. You know, next couple of years, is, it's either going to be now or they're going to tear it down. Yeah, probably. So, for sure. All right, let's go to the West. All right, so in the West, you have the 3-6 matchup of the Jazz and the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. You have the 2-7, the Clippers and the Mavs. You have the 4-5 Rockets Thunder. And then you have the 1-8 Lakers versus, at this moment, to be determined, I'm going to just kind of input Portland. Yeah. But it could be Memphis. Yeah, there's a lot of different matchups here that that's it's gonna be hard for me to West, miss out. The Western Good Lord. Like I think for me as a me personally, mm-hmm. the Jazz Nuggets are the most uninteresting matchup. And I and you know what's weird for me on that one? It's like I feel like it's just battle of the Giants. It is another t- you know what I mean? Jokic like, versus Rudy Gobert. I like know. it's like what's going but on. But I, I don't have Real no. any rooting interest, no. and I don't have a strong like. Oh, I care about one of these teams a lot I just more don't than the feel other. Like either one of those teams necessarily, no matter what the outcome is, I don't have enough confidence that, that team can then upset someone later, a Laker or a Clipper team. Yeah, like that's just my opinion. That, I don't know why. That and there's no like intertwining storyline. Yeah, I they're think, just like, two teams that are that are pretty good. Yeah, yeah, like you look at the Rockets Thunder. You initially you go Rockets Thunder. Okay, but there's a lot of like. Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul got traded yeah. literally earlier this year, right. and now they're going to be playing each other in the first round. Like, there's that storyline yes. right there. Uh, yes. Lakers, I'm I personally am a big LeBron fan, so Lakers Trailblazers is very interesting to me. But other people, oh yeah, and and Dame is well, big going on fire. Upset. People want to see the upset, yeah. right? It's always you're just waiting for that moment where you go, okay, what's going to happen? And Damian Lillard has averaged 50 in the last three games, so he's going to be on fire. So that's a big matchup, for I think sure. too. And then you have Clippers match where I'm big on the match. That that is the one for me personally. Yeah. Is that that is the one that I'm most interested in because that's where it's like I feel like. That is a trap scenario for the Clippers, and a lot of it, if this be. was a one game thing like the NFL, that's a game that you would bet on. You go, I don't know necessarily if yeah. you're like super high on the favorite, um, because that's the matchup for me where I go, wait a minute, if things kind of blow the right way, yeah. all of a sudden we're looking at a game six, game seven kind mm-hmm. of scenario here for you. But what is that the series for you? If there's one series for a casual NBA fan that just wants to watch. Some compelling basketball. If you had to put money on it, what's the series for you out of the Western side that you go, what's the one that I need to be focused on? I would probably say Mavs Clippers. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a 2-7. Even, yeah, even though it's a 2-7. Honestly, I think a very intriguing one's Lakers Blazers. I'm going to air well, Especially that. if you hate LeBron, then if you're, you, you're waiting well, for him to fall. If you dislike LeBron or if you're just like Dane, like if you're... Or if you're a fan of the underdog. Yeah, if you like the underdog because yeah. LeBron's is been the finals eight of the last nine year kind of player and Dame's like it's Dame time there's been a lot of controversy around him well plus he's the guy who's like I'm staying in Portland everybody goes are you sure yeah (laughs) this could be like that reason be like yeah I'm gonna beat the Lakers and that's why I'm staying here kind of thing good lord um so I think that's also a very interesting matchup yeah, to look at for too. Sure. Absolutely. And then if you're a big fan of storyline, Rockets Thunder has built-in storylines up the wazoo. So yeah. I, I honestly think three out of these four for me, I'm like, I don't know how I can miss yeah. multiple games. Is there a guy for you in the West that you're like, all right, this guy needs to play well, or you just want to see more out of? You know, we need to see a a truly epic performance out of them going into these playoffs for their team to really have a chance. I have one or two. 
Um, but I want to hear who you say first. Um, well, if it, it, going on that theory, I yeah. think Luka Doncic needs to be out of his mind. Oh yeah, absolutely. For um, sure. if they want any chance, if Luka is just average <laughs> or even very good, mm-hmm. I don't think they stand a chance. Like Luka has to be like out of his mind godly yeah, to be able to sure. really put up a fight against the Clippers. So in that sense, I'd probably say him. Mm-hmm. But um, outside of that, I really want to see what Chris Paul can do mm-hmm. um, on a Thunder team. It's going to be a very weird, that people, very weird dynamic. Yeah, that people are just like, oh, you're not really – like this team isn't supposed to be good. They weren't even supposed to make the playoffs, and now they're a five seed. Right. That's like a really competitive five seed. So I'm interested to see how that's mm-hmm. – yeah. Coalates, and then the Rockets are going to be missing Russell Westbrook for I think a yeah. game or two because right. he's injured. Exactly. So now Harden's going to be on an island kind of by himself for a few games. Yep. So can Harden, you know, take the early lead so right. they don't have to come back? Can later they still outrun them long enough to where they can't before they yeah. break down for sure? The guy I'm looking at, honestly, I know this is kind of like hitting the nail on the head a little bit here, but I'm looking at Kawhi Leonard, and, yeah. and for for not for the, necessarily the reason where I don't think they're going to be the, the math. I do, but. For me, it's it's at this point now where it's like, okay, now it's not cutting time for me. And Paul George to another degree as well because Paul George, it's like, hey, everyone's like, wow, Paul George is awesome. All right, well, I'm still waiting to see that when the, when it matters most. You know what I mean? Like in Oklahoma City, everyone thought, oh, boy, him and Westbrook together, let's go. And it was a, it was a dumpster fire, right? So they couldn't win, in, he couldn't win in Indiana. He wants out of there. He goes to Oklahoma City, sucks there. So now he comes here. It's like, all right, Clippers are supposed to be the favorites outside of the other L.A. team. So – for me, it's these two superstars. I'm not looking at LeBron. I'm, I'm not looking at Anthony Davis. They're the number one seed. I'll see you in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, but for this Clippers team, this is the first time you've ever been really expected to do anything. And you have two of you know top ten best players in the world, Kawhi, 1B possibly, 1C. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for that, I want to, I want to see Kawhi Leonard turn back into what we saw last year. And let's, like, let's go. Because... Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, like I said before, I'm going to give him, I'm going to roast him just as much as I want to roast any of these other guys, whether it's Giannis, if LeBron doesn't get there, I'm going to, do this, I'm going to jump on the airwaves and I'm going to do the same thing. But I think people need to start looking at this guy and go, you want to anoint him as king, then he needs to start playing like the king. Mm-hmm. Because right now, I haven't seen the sense of urgency out of this Clippers team. I get it. They were kind of locked into the two regardless. But... Now it's now it's time. So yeah. let's turn it up and let's go. No more. We haven't played together. None of this. Not playing back to back games. Crap. None of that stuff. Let's go right now. I better see you versus the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. And you better play well, no matter what happens, or else I'm coming on here and I don't care what anybody says. You're not the best player in the world. You can't get this team there. Yeah, agreed. So out of the eight t- out of the eight games yeah. or series, I guess because yeah. there's seven games. Uh, which one are you most looking forward to uh, for this first round? First round, um, man, it's really hard. After everything I mean, laid yeah, out, yeah, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say um, the Heat and Pacers because I think if the Heat can get out of that series, I think they're a very dangerous basketball team. Um, because the East, I feel like, is, is very t- like you know like you have the Bucks. I feel like, and then everybody else. I know people want to keep throwing Toronto in there, but let's be real. If Toronto somehow makes the finals, it's gonna be the most boring finals ever. Let's be real. Um, because they're going to get steamrolled by the Lakers and they'll win one game against the Clippers, so it's fine. But in, in the rest of these teams, though, I feel like it's it's kind of more volatile. I feel like the West, I think the West has better teams, but I think the better teams in the West are better than the good, are way better than the good teams. If that mm-hmm. makes any, I don't know if that makes sense, yeah. but like I feel like the you know, with the Lakers and the Clippers 
I feel like are very much heads and tails better above the rest of these teams. Where I feel like it's the Bucks and then everybody else in the East. Where I feel like, honestly, the Heat could potentially get to a point where, like, hey, we have a chance here to kind of do something, you know, if things kind of fall our way. Especially, like, say, if, like, Boston gets upset or something. Now everything is up in the air for you if you're a Heat fan, right? So... I think you've got some veteran leadership there. You've got a coach who's been there, done that. You've got a star in Jimmy Butler. I, that's a series for me where it goes, if the Pacers win, I go, okay, you know, that's fine. If the Heat win, I go, hey, now, right? Like, now yeah. round two, maybe it's not as cut and dry as it would be maybe the other way around. Yeah, agreed. So the West, I, I kind of anticipate all the favorites to win. I, I think they'll all be great series in their own right, and maybe they'll have individual games where I go, Maybe the Mavs do have a shot, or maybe Portland does have a shot. P.S. They don't. But at the same time, I, I I just don't see it happening. You know what I mean? Where I, they'll be great games, but I feel like winning has different implications in the East than it does in the West for whatever yeah. reason. I don't know why. It just for me, it's that's where I'm at. Is there one for you? I mean, I'm gonna say no Lakers for a second. Yeah, I was gonna say that's <laughs> the one I'm gonna be on. I know. No Lakers. Okay. Um, I'm going to be watching every single. I know you're going to watch every game. one of them. I'm not going to see you for weeks at a time, but like. Yeah, agreed. Um, I'm going to be heads and tails above the Mavs Clippers. Series okay. Okay. Because I'm I, like you said, I'm very interested in how Kawhi plays oh, against a very good. I want to see this this Clipper team have a sense of urgency. Be like, yeah. hey, there's no more like. It's all right. We got tomorrow. Yeah. There's none of that anymore. Like, yeah. let's go for me. I don't. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. No, that's, no, that's, that's where I'm. That's, it, that's kind of where I'm at with yeah. them too. So yeah, I think that's probably the one. If I have to like, if I'm like doing stuff, that's the one. I'm probably gonna be like, all right, I have to be home. Yeah. I want to sit down and watch this to game. Watch that one. Yeah. yeah for sure. For sure. Real quick, before we go off the air here, uh, percentage wise, that the Trailblazers actually okay. get to Game Six. Game Six. 30 percent 30 percent 30 percent game seven 10 percent <laughs> they win zero <laughs> <laughs> I just here's no here's the thing here like honestly though if it if it reached game seven i would like bet so much that they would lose because lebron's one of the best game seven yeah players for sure. ever for sure. so like yeah. that that's my reason it's not like oh i don't think they could win in one game or whatever yeah. at that point mm-hmm. but like if they if Lakers were down three two, I would go. LeBron's going to enter some weird mode, mm-hmm. and he had, he's won twelve straight game sevens, right, right. including two finals that For ended sure. in game seven. Yeah. So I don't do know. I would that, take him in game seven no matter just what. Just to just to kind of close on this too, do you think that if this game legitimately like you were traveling back and forth between Portland and LA would have any difference at all? Uh, I think it would be a lot sooner. I think it would end in five. You think it would? Okay, yeah. that's that's why I say like. So if you get to game seven, do you think that neutral court would help or like? It if, would. It if, would. I don't think they get to game seven. I don't. I think you're giving them too much credit to get to game six. Quite frankly, that's that's going to require Dame to go for fifty every night. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. So like, say they do though, they get to a game seven neutral court. Do you think that helps them at all? Because you're not, not going really. back to LA necessarily. So it's just kind of like you're hanging out. Not really. I okay. think I think I think it's just like get the business done kind of deal. Okay. I don't think. Yeah. Well, because I think LeBron's shown that he's like I can win in Golden State. He's he's won oh, in yeah, such hostile sure. places yeah. that in a neutral site without the hostility, it's yeah. just another game for him. No, no. I was, yeah, I was talking about crazy. the Portland side. Do you think it helps Portland all to be like, hey, maybe because we're not no. we're not in I think, LA that it would help us. I think it kind of level it out. A little it worsens bit. their chance. I think because I think in Portland, if Dane went for fifty, the crowd would go nuts. Yeah. And without the crowd there, it's just kind of like. 
good job, you went for 50. Right. So I don't think you have that yeah. momentum if for you sure. go for 50 yeah. with the crowd behind you. Yeah. So sure. I think it, I, I think it's harder to get there. Needless to say, this is going to be a very interesting set of playoff matchups. I've been talking, we've been talking about this for weeks now. We've been talking about before we even got, uh, you know, delayed and everything like that, how this potentially could work out. And we're going to see probably some really, really good playoff basketball coming our way. So I'm extremely excited for that. Um, for you Pistons fans, I don't know what you're looking at. Just hoping for good basketball, I guess. Um, Pistons might have like an eight-game playoff, or not playoff thing, uh, like an eight-game scene with the worst seven teams. They were talking about doing that. Uh, does the worst team get the first overall pick? No. Damn. Right, well, then I don't care. Warriors have number one pick, I guess. I know. Yeah, exactly. Turn it around and flip back. That's going to be it for episode 90. Um, next week, we're going to be probably talking some fantasy football. We're going to be previewing... Uh, I don't know if we're pre- are we previewing all out yet. No, but we'll out? be talking about NXT Takeover. We will be talking about NXT Takeover for sure. Yes, we'll be reviewing that. And how awesome that Pat McAfee Adam Cole match was. Yeah. <laughs> or how we're gonna go? Wow, we were way wrong. Whoops, my bad. <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk some fantasy action for sure. We're talking yeah. some other stuff. We're probably talking more NBA action as well as to see kind of get a do a quick check in. So lots of great stuff coming away on as we grow as we go into episode 100. Once again, I'm pr- extremely excited for that episode. We got a lot of big stuff planned for that one, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, once again, for the missing whale man, he's the Merc Zone. I'm the Mouth of Michigan, and we will see you guys, as always, next time.